You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday, and of course, it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys as the regular season is about to begin. And the Cowboys will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night football, and we are ready to talk about it. And for the first time in a long time, Tom, as we get riled up on the Cowboys to start the regular season, we get to actually see what the Cowboys look like. And of course, mm-hmm. I'm talking to my man Tom Ryle at Tom Ryle BTB. You can follow him on Twitter. You can follow me at RW3. And you, of course, can follow all the great content, bloggingtheboys.com. But Tom, for the first time in really this new age NFL, there are teams that give you a look in the preseason. Tom Brady played a little bit in the preseason. But the Cowboys opted not to go that route. And now we enter week one wanting to feel optimistic, wanting to feel hopeful as so many teams do, but also knowing that we have very little answers to the questions that still remain. And despite the fact that they did roll Tom Brady out to get a little of the rust knocked off from whatever it was he was gone from training camp for, which is still, I guess, kind of a mystery. It ain't that much of a mystery. Like, and we'll, <laughs> we'll, I mean, we'll talk about it here as we get into the matchup, but it ain't that much of a mystery. And I'm curious as to whether it does play a role in the game on. Yeah. Saturday. But we'll talk about yeah, that but, in just a bit. Yeah. But we know very little about them as well. You know, it's literally, and this is the way it's going to be for the NFL, because even the teams that roll their starters out do so under very limited circumstances, don't get them a lot of work in the preseason. So in essence, the first two to four games of the regular season are still knocking off the rust that used to get done in like the dress rehearsal and stuff. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see, but at last we're going to find out some answers to questions that have been plaguing us for months now and that we have not been always real happy about what we've seen coming. No question about it. And the Cowboys, it feels like, have more questions this season than they have in years past. Quite frankly, Mm -hmm. coming into last season, while we knew going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a bit of a measuring stick, right? They were the reigning champions. We knew that by playing with them, it felt like maybe we could compete for it all. And if nothing else, we were running away with the NFC East. Well, that's a very different look, in my opinion, as we enter the 2022 season. Not only in what the NFC East is bringing to the table, but also in the way that the Cowboys seem to be approaching this season 
and that is leaning heavily or more so heavily on the defense than perhaps they have in in years past, while also Mm -hmm. asking Dak to shoulder more of a load. So we, Tom and I, discussed before this, wanting to talk about, hey, what questions do still remain? What questions can they potentially answer? And what questions or answers might we already have, right, Uh, to some of those items? Before we do that, though, of course, the update of the day is that our good buddy Michael Gallup has made it back in a limited practice fashion. He was working in one-on-ones on on Wednesday for the first time since recovering from that ACL injury that uh, he suffered back in January of this season, or of this year, rather. And so that's obviously very positive. Tom, in terms of your thought process of, of how they should approach the return of Michael Gallup. We obviously know by not putting him on the pup, we get to have him within this first four weeks, but it doesn't make a lot of sense if he doesn't play at some point before we get to week five, which obviously, again, they could have preserved the roster spot. So between week four and obviously we're not going to see him here against the Bucks. where do we see Michael Gallup fitting in? And is there a potential that, hey, they accelerate that timeline if things look awful on Sunday night? I hope they don't accelerate it uh, unless it is based strictly on how well he is doing physically with his recovery. The vibe that seems to be coming out is that they're targeting week three against the Giants. Uh, That looks to be what everyone is predicting and where the team seems to be kind of dropping hints, you know, because a lot of the people that, uh, you know, are close to the team uh, get some hints that they don't tell us exactly where it comes from. But that just seems to be floating around that they think he's going to be ready in a couple of weeks. And uh, so, he by the way, that's for- week three, Monday night in New York, right against the Giants. And, you know, hey, I can't help but think like they thought that extra day mm-hmm. is something that like, I don't know, I guess feel like well i like to look at it as if if they really think that is a a good timeline for his recovery that's also the first nfc east game Hmm. and they may be looking at well what if we stumble coming out of the blocks the first couple of games they need to get back right and that would be a great thing to have is to get another experienced receiver out there on the field Okay, I hear that, right, the beginning of the NFC East in week three. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, in week two, they face a much tougher opponent in the Cincinnati Bengals. And that may be a game that they look back on that they really would have liked to have had. I'm just curious if there might be any pressure to get Michael Gallup on the field. No, again, I, you know, in the grand scheme of things in an ACL injury, right, how much of a difference does a week make? I'm not a doctor, so I, you know, probably shouldn't speculate on that. But yes. I am just curious if that thought process, at least from a fan standpoint, comes into play. Because I'll be honest, I'd like to see him out there against the Bengals. Again, as you mentioned, health permitting, if he felt good to go, I want him out there against the Bengals more so than I want him against the Giants because I need him more against that team. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. Um, and, and I don't really know. 
Uh, you know, sure. let's let's hope they don't stumble. But if they they aren't going to stumble, we're going to have to get some positive answers to some questions. And, and you know, like you said, we came up with five, and it all really starts with the elephant that is sitting in the middle of the couch over there, and that is. Will this offensive line hold together? You know, and I'm not talking about come out and just be, you know, blowing people out. Are they just going to be able to to survive in terms of keeping Dak Prescott from getting killed and chased all over the field back there? Will they be able to open up blocking lanes? And everyone's pretty aware, I think, of the whole situation. Uh, Tyron Smith went down. The Cowboys were not prepared for it because they didn't address uh, tackle depth at all outside of using, you know, one draft pick in the later rounds on a guy that wound up getting injured and missed a lot of training camp. So they had Josh Ball and Matt Walesko. Ball struggled, especially at left tackle. Walesko looked pretty good coming in, but they seem to have been using him more at right tackle. They have to worry about left tackle. Now they signed Jason Peters because they waited so late. He's probably also going to first be available for the Giants game. And they've been pretty clear that if Tyler Smith is looking good at left tackle, they kind of plan to ride with him the whole season. Uh, Peters has said he does not object at all to being a backup. This is his kind of retirement gig. Uh, he's back in his native Texas. He uh, actually played ball at a school that my high school played all the time, up in Queen City, Texas. Uh, and so he is great depth. He's a great mentor, but they can't lean on him now. The strongest lineup, if he were available, if you were ready to go, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that Peter's at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard would give them the strongest five on the field. That's not going to be available for at least a couple of weeks. And I understand the logic that if you've got something going and the chemistry is holding up, ride with it. Now, if things are really bad, maybe they'll change that. But right now, they're they're looking to try to go. Uh, Tyler Smith, I think, was always planned to be the future at left tackle because they figured – Tyron Smith was eventually going to retire. I think that may be accelerated. Uh, I don't frankly understand why, why Tyron Smith would really want to come back and risk yet another injury, but we'll leave that up to him and his own personal decision. I just would not be surprised. I think there's an excellent chance we've seen his last game in a Cowboys uniform, but we'll wait and see. I, I, that's just a, a, and that's nothing but a gut feeling. Yo, you think Tyler Smith is done? Tyron Smith is done. Uh, I, I think his body is, you know, when you pop the hamstring off of the bone, you know, maybe your body's telling you something about going out there and playing this big boy game. Um, you know, and and I, uh, you know, he may well come back for a swan song. Jerry Jones seems to think he's going to be there for the playoffs or late in the season. 
I think Jerry's blowing smoke again. But anyway, that's yeah, just well, I guess I got my answer about whether or not Mike uh, whether or not Tom uh bought into the hype of the offseason. I made the statement before the season, you know, before the offseason got going, but that at some point Tom would roll. Tom would be like the rest of us. He would get sucked up in the moment and start to feel good about this team. But man, I not only do I commend you, Tom, for staying strong for holding strong in your criticism of the Cowboys approach this all season, but I commend the fan base for doing so as well. It feels like Mm -hmm. they've held the team to a bit of a higher standard this all season that they're not necessarily falling for and drinking the Kool-Aid, but at the same time, right? I guess it's all a little bit of a reflection of the, the social media world that I'm seeing. And mm-hmm. by and large, right, there's still quite a bit of uh, of Cowboys love out there, I suppose, as yeah, to it, the, what the expectations the are. The thing is, it's going to take so many best-case scenarios, like on the offensive line, for this team to really be a contender this year. There is a possibility. It's just when you look at how many things can go wrong you have to question whether they're going to be able to, to pull it together. Um, you know, I still think they've got a really good shot at winning the NFC East, getting into the playoffs, and then we'll see what happens. But it's not as it's not as likely as it looked last year at this time. It turned out to be quite accurate because the rest of the NFC East was trash. I also think it's a very valid argument that Dallas took a couple of steps back during the offseason and the other teams, particularly our beloved rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles, took steps forward. Now, I think it's all going to come back to uh, who's got the best quarterback, and I don't think there's any question of who has that. However, that will be probably good enough for the division. I'm not too sure it's good enough to do much other than that. Well, no. so if we're talking we'll about, just have to see. Yeah, if we're talking about trying to get questions answered on this offensive line, well, Sunday's going to be a hell of a test. While the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' offensive line themselves is struggling, we know they've lost their center in Ryan Jensen for the year. We know that they're also going to be without another interior offensive lineman, Ali Marpet who's going to be unavailable. And Tristan Wirf, Wirf's, the tackle, has been practicing on a limited fashion this week. He's expected to go, but it'll be interesting to see at what level he can play to. And all of that on top of the fact that Tom Brady has not been readily available this offseason may mean some good things for the Cowboys' defense. But for the Buccaneers' defense, right, they're bringing basically the band back. They've mm-hmm. got three first rounders in their front seven, led by Vita Vea, who will certainly give the Cowboys a test on the interior. The undrafted players that adorn their front seven are names like Akeem Hicks and Shaquille Barrett, who certainly have made a name for themselves despite their not so great draft position. And oh, by the way, the guy I haven't mentioned, Levante David, was a second-round draft pick so many years ago. So they have weapons, and they're going to bring a test to the Cowboys' offensive line. I think a test that that will probably be one of the better tests that they will face this season. And 
I actually do think we'll get a decent amount of answers about what this offensive line is capable mm-hmm. of or not capable of in this game. So I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah, question. I think you just hit on one of the keys to the game is whose quarterback survives the best, who who can manage things. Uh, we know that Tom Brady has a lightning quick release. Uh, Dak is going to have to get the ball out a lot. And that brings us to the second question, because in order for him to get the ball out and the passing game to be effective, the wide receivers have to be making major contributions and we just don't know right now. Uh, you know, they've got CeeDee Lynn, a guy who I think is going to be one of the, you know, maybe top 15 or so wide receivers. I don't think he's necessarily top 10, but I think he's going to be working around uh, getting close to that. Uh, if nothing else, he's likely to get it just on volume because he is the only experienced real dangerous threat uh outside of that you got noah brown who's got like 39 catches in his nfl career when he's mostly been a special team contributor now he's going to step up because they gave him the starter treatment from the very beginning of preseason and he didn't he didn't go on the field uh we've already mentioned that gallup is out for at least a game or two um you know, just like they didn't prepare properly uh, for tackle depth, uh, they didn't do a lot. They brought in James Washington to give him uh, an, a veteran wide receiver who promptly got hurt and is going to be on the IR and not available for at least four weeks. Then you've got a bunch of guys who never caught a pass in the NFL. Uh, you know, and if you look at it, you've got one second-year player who's – barely set foot on the field last year and didn't get a pass thrown to him while he was out there. They've got their third-round pick this spring, a surprising UDFA who uh, really impressed, and another UDFA they added after camp started who took four years off involuntarily because he had a, a, a very negative event where he made a deplorable he did some deplorable things, really. And hopefully he's back from that. He's not going to make any mistakes. But they brought him in primarily to be a, a punt and kick returner. That's, of course, Kevontae Turpin. And now they think they've got something there as a receiver. And then because you got to have somebody, some people inactive, he may have to be part of the wide receiver rotation, at least in the beginning. You know, uh, there's a lot that could happen that could go south with this. They've taken a real gamble. Uh, it, it's not quite as bad as the 2018 receiver by committee experiment. Uh, and there is the fact that once they brought in Amari Cooper that year, suddenly things got a lot better. C.D. Lamb may give them that from the jump. But we've got to hope that these guys really are what they seem to be in practice. And one plus that I will say that might give us a little hope is that all of them seem to do a lot better when it was Dak Prescott throwing the ball to them. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, for example, seemed to do much better when Prescott was throwing, but didn't seem to do nearly as well when it was Cooper Rush or Will Greer or, or the, the late lamented Ben DiNucci. Uh, yeah. I don't mean he passed away. He's just gone. Uh, but he's fi- he's finally out of the building. Um, you know, but 
and and you know I used Allen Iverson's famous quote. We're talking about practice. We've got to see how these guys do in live action in full speed contact. So we're gonna to have to find out. Uh, you know, you know like I said, it's again not this all... one. I want to say on this one. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, and I've said this. I'm still standing by it. Like, I'm, I'm holding my stance on this front. I don't, as long as CD stays healthy... And Dalton Schultz still remains a factor, just like he was a season ago. Like, I think they will be able to make it work with a patchwork wide receiver group. I really do believe they will. And granted, they're putting that expectation on Dak Prescott themselves, right? So it's all setting up to be on Dak's shoulders to make that happen. But you and I have spoken about many times, we believe Dak Prescott is that capable of yeah. a quarterback yeah. to elevate yeah, that, players who may not be great, but it's because of Dak's Pre- Dak Prescott's timing, his precision, his ability to read defenses that gets these guys involved. Yeah, I actually use the term the 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 the, the header that are Dak's shoulders big enough. Uh, in, in the article that goes up with this. And I wrote an article earlier this week that talked about the fact that Dak's greatest strength as evaluated uh, by an outside guy that looked at all 32 projected starting quarterbacks. Uh, and he had Dak, I think, seventh overall. But Dak's greatest strength is what he does pre-snap. How he reads the defenses, how he gets things positioned, how he adjusts. That may be a saving grace in this case because, as we are well aware, they are already setting Dak up to be a fall guy if things go bad, you know, blaming it all on all that cap space he eats up. Excuse me there, a little burp. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but uh, it's an awful lot to load on a guy that you haven't helped as much as you could have uh, at the with the tackle situation and, and with the wide receiver situation. Um, now, it you, do, you did mention Dalton Schultz, who should never be overlooked in the passing game. But they set up the tight end room kind of the same way they did the wide receiver room. You've got Dalton Schultz, a fourth-round draft pick, and a UDFA. That's your tight end room. So, once again, they've got the one guy that is proven that has frankly become Doc, uh, Dak's security blanket. And – We don't know about the other guys because we haven't seen them play in real NFL games yet. Uh, The key, I think, on Sunday night is going to be, can Dak make the early reads, find a quick opening guy so they don't have a chance to get after him in the pass rush? He's probably not going to have a lot of chances to hold the ball. Uh, You know, if, if he does have a chance, he needs to progress and try to find something further down the field. But he's got to be ready. If it looks like the pressure is going to come, he needs to get that ball out of there 
Uh, just don't throw it into a dangerous place, but get it out there and give the receiver a chance to catch it. Live to, to play another down. That's the important thing. Uh, you know, right now he's coming in in what appears to be really good health, which, you know, he was plagued with his calf strain and everything, plus the fact that he was com- coming off of the injury from the year before. Yet he started out on fire last season. And then the calf strain really had a noticeable effect on him. So now he's going to have to rely on the that line and his own mobility to, to keep from getting really beaten up, and, and that's going to be important. So it, it is going to be kind of a case of which team gets the other guy's quarterback the most may well determine this. And, you know, right now it's, it's going to be – something to watch but I think that Dak has the talent he has an inning it's just they've given him too much to have to compensate for in my opinion well and this is a question that again as we're discussing the questions that we'll ask before Sunday night football and that we may get answers to this is one we'll not come close to an answer to right on the other side First and foremost, he's going up against potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. And Mm -hmm. in that regard, right, if he's not up to that potential standard, does that mean we toss him away? Does that mean he's not good enough? Certainly not, right? Uh, So by that measure, it's difficult to feel like we could get an answer to that question within this game, within this context. But we will get a sliver of it. Because and, and it is possible if he, he's out there, even if they don't win the game, if he's able to kind of go toe to toe with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, then I think that's kind of a positive answer that it's going to be okay. It's just you know I I I think this could be a winnable game if a lot of things fall right, and it would be a shame if it was a winnable game they didn't win just because they didn't quite get to where they needed to have been. So we'll have to see how that develops. Well, again, I point to what Dak has done in the past. Mm -hmm. And if you look at a season ago, right, again, and I don't mean to go back to the wide receiver thing, but everybody's making such a big deal about how little they have at the wide receiver position. But if you look at last season, of the 17 games they played, How many of those games do you think the second leading wide receiver on the team caught more than three passes? I don't know. That's a good one. Obviously, you've done some research on (laughs) it's one more. And I may write a whole article about it, actually, now that I was kind of diving into it. Half of them in just nine of those 17 games did the second best wide receiver have more than three catches. And in several of those games, that second best wide receiver was Michael Gallup, who we expect back in week three, potentially. And Mm -hmm. so I say, if you can make it work for two weeks with a little bit of Dalton and a little bit of CD, and I certainly feel like Dak Prescott can do that, sprinkle in some Zeke and some Tony. On this side, sprinkle in some handoffs to Cavante and wrinkles, right? That, you know, another question you didn't necessarily write, but that I need answered. 
Kellen Moore needs to open the book and be allowed to do so. Yeah. And, and he has tended to have that book more open early in the he season. Does, he does. Now, he likes to show now his la- stories. Now, last year, did, did that kind of get closed up a little bit because he got more cautious? Or was it just he had a couple of his prime offensive weapons that were suddenly hobbled? And that kind of takes us into the fourth question. It's something that's been – it hasn't been talked about as much as I think it probably should have. And that is, are they really going to be able to rely on the running game the way they have been talking it up? You listen to the, the ownership, you listen to Mike McCarthy, and they talk about how important the running game is to the offense. Now, I think that's some 1990s thinking in the 21st century NFL. But if they are going to try to rely on the running game, can it come through? Just like with Dak, you've got Ezekiel Elliott, who got hurt in the fifth game last year. And after having the, uh, you know, he didn't do anything in the first game because the Cowboy didn't even try to run against the Bucks. But the next three games, he was on fire, and then he got hurt and was hobbled the rest of the way and really fell off. He still got 1,000 yards. People act like he was a scrub. He was the seventh leading rusher yeah. in the NFL. Okay, in all right. I'm going to fight stats. you on that, Tom. I'm going to fight you on that because he hobbled his way to that 1,000 yards. Yeah, he still got 1,000 yards but only because they kept force-feeding him at the end. Mm-hmm. And we were like, there's no reason to be giving him these carries other than to get that magical 1,000 number. It wasn't a productive 1,000-yard season. I just want to be clear on that. And granted, okay. right, as, as much as I am a, you know, acknowledging that the injury hobbled him considerably, he was a way different player after that mm-hmm. injury than he was yes. to start the season. He Very looked- much. And he looks fresh this offseason. But yeah, I did I, just want to fight you there, poke the bear a little bit. Because that 1,000 yards, man, like, it should be stricken from the record. That was a bad season, <laughs> I think, last year. Well, yeah, it was It was a It was a, a bad final 12 game. There's yes. no question. Yeah, and bad final 12. that was because 12. he was hurt. Uh, now, he's going to be very important. He looks ready. He certainly seems to feel like he wants to go out and prove something, but he's only part of it because they've got that Tony Pollard fellow and we are getting teased once again with, they're going to use both Zeke and Tony in the running game. They're going to incorporate Pollard in the passing game. We've heard this song before and we're going to believe it when we see it, but if they can actually do that, and I think it is wise, especially while you maybe don't have the wide receiver resources that you would like to have, get Paul Pollard and Zeke out there and make it a situation where you see that and you have no idea if it's a running play or a passing play. You know, get get Pollard out to catch that. Use Zeke in the passing game some more. He, you know, you get him the ball on a screen with a couple of blockers out front, and good things can happen. We've seen him house it that way. Let's yeah, by the way, when I did involved. that, when I de- did that research a couple times about the second leading wide receiver, mm-hmm. there were a couple games where Zeke was the leading wide receiver. He yeah, was the leading pass catcher. 
Yeah, and, and we need to, to remember that that can be part of it. And do you lump that in as the, 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 the wide receiver, or is that really just an adjunct to the running game that is set up by Zeke being a threat to run the ball? You know, it's going to be important to see how this works. Kellen Moore has a huge role to play in this. We're going to have to see. I like the fact that you mentioned Turpin because I think he can be a sneaky little uh, mix-it-up thing with some of those jet sweeps and stuff. He's going to be, he's going to be a back. weapon for them. Like I, I don't necessarily think of it as a, you know, a, a substantial fantasy viable weapon, right? He's not racking up 60 yards and a touchdown, but he's going to get significant special teams touches, right? Put them in better positions in that regard. But the jet sweeps, as you mentioned, and I could see them, you know, incorporating him into the passing game as well. He showed in the USFL that he could catch the football. He obviously led and was the MVP of the league, not just from a returner standpoint. He may become the gadget player that they kept kind of trying to use Tony Pollard as and make Tony Pollard a more integral part of the offense. And that's that would be a good thing. That's all to be determined. That's why these are questions we want to see answered. And the final one you just kind of touched on a little bit, and that is are the defense and special teams what we think they are? Because everything about the defense has been positive this year uh, coming in. They look fast. They look hungry. Uh, they've got some size. Uh, you know, Quentin Bohana is going to be the the nominal starter for, for running downs, it looks like, uh, putting that, you know, 300-plus body up there on the line. And I think that the defense may be it. I mean, you've always got the unicorn. Uh, and you know he, he's already been talking about how he wants to get to Tom Brady, and it looks like he and DeMarcus Ware are going to be have a little side bet going on who's getting the most sacks. I, I cannot to wait see to see number 11 in action again. I think that is the player I am most excited to see come Sunday. He is the most exciting guy on the Cowboys now. And it's, it's rare that you say that about a defender, but that's how good he is. It is. Uh, you know, now they, you know, they've got some, they, if they have a question on the defense, I think it is, is Leighton Vanderish going to hold up as the Mike linebacker? Uh, is he going to be the Leighton Vanderish that we saw the first couple of years, or is he going to be the bad late the, the past couple of years? All reports are that he's looking good. He's ready to go. He's 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 playing faster and everything. But I think the team's speed uh, is going to be a key, and they've got a lot of it on defense this year. Uh, that's going to be big. And you talked about Turpin. Uh, you know, if nothing else, I think we may see the Cowboys getting a little bit of that hidden yardage just because teams are going to avoid kicking the ball to him which is going to mean they're going to have to kick it short out of bounds sometimes just to keep it away from him and give up a, a couple of yards. And the Cowboys will probably be starting on the 25 almost every time they go back to receive a kick just because nobody really wants to give Turpin a shot at taking the ball two yards deep in the end zone and blazing out there like he did against the Chargers. Well, I do have to say, if the Cowboys in 2022 are going to go with an approach 
of a strong defense that maybe doesn't force the big turnovers, but plays a little bit of the field position game combined with a special teams that is actually capable of delivering in those instances. I am actually more comfortable and confident with that type of defense than I am with the one that makes the big plays, but also gives up the big plays as the Cowboys did a season ago. So give me all of the Dallas Cowboys defensive love. And again, in another aspect, they will get a true test on Sunday, but they'll also get a little bit of a, uh, uh, of an opportunity, right? Not necessarily a test, but I think um, somewhat of a, a, a beneficial situation. Again, we talked about the yeah. offensive line of the Bucks that is going to be hurting Tom Brady not being there, but also what might be on Tom Brady's mind. The reality is, Tom, he's having some marital issues. That's difficult okay. to to disguise, and that rumor's been out there. Giselle wanted him to stay out on vacation. He decided to come back early, having made the trip with the family and made the promise that he would stay out there, and she's pissed. And she stayed out there as a result of that. Now, does that mean that that's ruining their relationship? I don't know, right? But I do know as a man who's married uh, that when those things are on your mind, it can sometimes be difficult to perform at your best at work. So could that have an effect on Tom Brady? Who knows? We won't get into that speculation. I would hate to see that be a factor, but... You know, it is what it is. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't wish it on the man. Wouldn't wish it on anybody, right? But that, at the same time, yeah. it is a factor, and it's one that at least I think should be acknowledged. It's not one that necessarily should be dismissed. So hopefully, yeah. the Cowboys will provide some answers to this question come Sunday night. And of course, we will get you ready on all the platforms that Blogging the Boys is capable of. We got the YouTube channel firing up. We'll, of course, have the Twitter spaces going on, and we want you to get involved in all that. So make sure you follow at Blogging the Boys on Twitter. Make sure you check out bloggingtheboys.com for all the updates. And, of course, for Tom, I'm Roy. It's week one. You stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday.